All right, well, Danny was just mentioning Charlie Montoyo comes out of the Tampa organization, is the new manager of the Blue Jays. I'm just curious if that would qualify as job creation in the new economy. You know, well, we've got a new manager. There's a job created right there. Good on him. Uh, but this is something, of course, that's become a real talking point in the province, jobs and uh, how they're protected, whether or not people are adequately paid. And uh, we're going to cover the gamut of that because there have been a lot of stories. Hey, here's intersectionality. I never thought I'd really subscribe to that, but now I just uh, found myself wading into those tepid waters. We're going to get around to it. Our panel is coming up shortly and uh, many topics worthy of discussion. We'll deal with, uh, in part, some of that uh because, you know, Doug Ford, uh, Jeff Urick, who's the uh, Minister of Natural Resources and Forestry up in northwestern Ontario earlier today, talking about uh, expansion, Algoma Steel Mill in Sault Ste. Marie. That's really a mill town, and uh, they've lived and died by the mill, and they're saying that they're uh, trying to resurrect the importance of steel at that mill, so that's something. Uh, tick in the box, if it comes to fruition, Ditto for the forestry project up in Thunder Bay. They were heralding earlier today and uh, creating 25 jobs, but expanding the whole operation with uh, a $40 million shot in the arm, uh, the company says. And this is where we find ourselves. Uh, But it's not all sweetness and light because you've also got some people complaining that they've uh, done things well recently. Uh, The government has decided to cancel the campuses in Markham, Milton and Brampton that were supposed to be like satellite campuses of uh, Ryerson, uh, I guess it's York, and what was the other university that was supposed, I guess Wilfrid Laurier, Wilfrid Laurier, uh, that was out in Milton, and the one in Markham was going to be York. As a matter of fact, when you drive into Markham along Bayview Avenue, you see uh, future home of York University. They're going to have to take that sign down real fast. But, you know, it's curious to me because they were also heralding the arrival of the new headquarters for Amazon, and I thought, Folks, you're really getting ahead of yourself. One of the uh, arguments now is that Toronto doesn't have as many things going for it as uh, Northern Virginia, just outside of Washington, outside of Arlington, or maybe Maryland in the area of Washington, D.C. They look to be the odds-on favorite to win the contract, the 50,000 possible jobs that would be created there and uh, the $5 billion shot in the arm to the local economy. That's the latest word on that. The handicappers are already betting on this, by the way. Who gets it? And uh, so while Toronto is on a relatively short list of 20 remaining cities, that announcement isn't that far off. I think it's going to be made by year's end. And whether or not we uh, we do get it, again, the smart money has Northern Virginia or Maryland just outside of Washington. But, you know, when it comes to uh, the whole job situation as well, I was talking last hour of Lori Scott's constituency office in Kawartha Lake. She's the labor minister. It was vandalized. The Speaker of the House, uh, Todd Smith, suggesting it's labor groups that have gotten uh, so hyped up with their own rhetoric and sense of retribution because they're pissed, and uh, so they take matters into their own hands and do this. Remains to be seen. I think the police are investigating. But, you know, on another front, uh, rescinding Bill 148. The other day, Rocco Rossi, CEO of the Chamber of Commerce here in Ontario, uh, very much heartened by that because he advocates for 60,000 members who are entrepreneurs in the business community. And they believe that this is something that was hampering them in a competitive way, and therefore it was a good thing for the Ford government to do, as he promised he would during the election campaign. 
Now, uh, minus a few wrinkles here that may have surprised some folks. Jocelyn Bamford has also been banging that drum for the longest time. She's been with us periodically on this show over the last year or two, the founder of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Ontario. want to get her back in here and her thoughts before the panel joins us as to uh, tearing apart Bill 148. Jocelyn, always a pleasure. Good afternoon. How are you, John? I'm good. How about you, though? Good. You know, we uh, we supported the government position. We had struggled with the uh, with the twenty percent increase. Uh, a lot of us have had to cut back on hiring or equipment um, because it was just too much too soon, and it doesn't allow us to be competitive. And so, you know, it's not just the the raise in the minimum wage. There was a lot of components to that legislation that were really difficult to deal with. And one of them was handing over our employees' confidential information um, to uh, unions if they got 20% um, uh, people signing up. And it, and it also changed the way that typically people uh, voted on a union. It wasn't a, a silent ballot, a ballot anymore. So those, those things are gone, and we absolutely uh, support the government on that. It helps us um, compete. But I wanted to tell you uh, some other stories because we came out in support of uh, Bill 148 and, and got a lot of blowback from, from the usual suspects and, you know, some of which were the unions. So I had this epiphany last night as I was thinking about it. And, you know, unions um, should contribute if, if they're, they're so interested, as they claim to be, in supporting uh, precarious workers. And they should um, waive the, the union dues for their part-time employees. And I'm calling upon them to do it. And I you know, reached out to one of my friends who works part-time at a grocery store, and she told me she pays $515 annually to the union. And so, you know what, we should all do our part to help um, workers in this province, and, and, and I'm calling on the unions to do their part, too. To waive uh, the mandatory deduction for union dues for part-time for employees. Right, and, and so if they're as concerned as they claim to be, then, then they, you know, they seem to ha- be financially um, well um, funded. So, so they should also contribute back to um, the employees of this province by, by waiving those fees. Well, that'll Don't be an say? interesting, well, you know, it's an interesting discussion. We'll have it shortly. I'll pick up on that point because I'm intrigued. I've not heard that angle before. As you said, you were mulling it over last night. But I'll put it to uh, one of our panelists, Dave Sparrow, is the national president of ACTRA. That's the Film and TV Actors Union. Union. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's run federally for the NDP and municipally in Toronto, too. And then Buzz Hargrove a little later, because uh, Jerry Diaz has written an op-ed piece in the Financial Post today, and he's talking about anti-scab legislation is necessary for Canada, because they just, I guess, are going to arbitration on a major strike that's been festering for two years in Gander, Newfoundland. Jerry was on about uh, that last month with us. But I wanted to get back to you. I mean, and I wanted to clarify, because you were against 148. You had said you were in favor. Yeah, we were, we were, we're at, sorry, I'm, we're in favor of the new legislation. Okay, okay, well, that's, okay. Sorry, I didn't want to get it. No, 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 no. Here, Jocelyn, let me ask you, though, again, let me get back into uh, the weeds on this, because, you know, you brought up uh, the card check, I guess, or uh, 20% uh, of the people who would sign up, then the union gets uh, a hold of your employee list. There were other areas that you found to be, I guess, unmanageable. The two paid holidays out of 10 that could be taken, uh, you found that unworkable? what happened was everybody took their their personal days. If you look at, and we provided the government some information 
um, and uh, that that demonstrated that everybody took their two personal days in 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 um, the first two months of the year, and and if you compare year over year, it was phenomenal. And and getting um, keeping our workforce stable is is really important to us. We sometimes have to shut down lines if we don't get enough people. Um, to show up, so that is, so keeping the the workplace flowing is really important. But I also wanted to share with you some of the negative blowback we came out when we came out in support of the amendments um, for for um, and and reform on Bill 148, and and we we came in support of the government to to um, a press conference, and and some of our members got you know really nasty notes, and I and I just wanted to share with you one of these notes because I think this is really compelling. Mm -hmm. So one of our members um, got a note from somebody saying, you're a greedy, greedy man. You you have a business that can't afford to give workers um, an extra $1. And your picture of the Globe and Mail sitting crossed arms shows your character, not much of a man. Now, I want to read to you his response because this is really important for people to hear. Um, He said, I read your email and it literally made me weep. Perhaps if you took the time to know me, you would see what my employees see, and it might change your mind towards business owners, many of whom have fought year after year to survive the way we have. So this is who I am. My business partner and I acquired the company 12 years ago. Neither here he nor I have been able to take money out of the company or enjoy regular salary during that time. We have worked here every day for the last 12 years, saving 25 jobs from potential closure and growing them to 40 people today. We have never found it necessary to pay minimum wage. We've always paid our people well and currently have a pay scale ranging from $16.80 to $40 an hour. We have always paid our people before ourselves. Someday we hope to be able to exit with enough money to retire on because to date we don't, we um, have not only invested our entire life savings in this company, but we've mortgaged our homes to support our employees we care about before ourselves. For us, there is no safety net, no defined pension, nothing to live on if we don't succeed. I welcome you to speak with any of our employees and ask them if I'm a greedy man. I am married with two sons, one of whom put himself through university with a little help from my wife who saved $60 per month over 20 years and hope one day uh, one of our kids would be able to attend university. My other son, who is d- diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome at the age of four, now has a full-time job and every Wednesday night for the last six years has organized events for 70 people with various disabilities to enjoy each other's company, bowling or having picnics or meeting uh, at local shopping malls or Tim Hortons. No money comes to him for this. He does it for free. My wife, for the last 10 years, has devoted every Thursday night to the local food bank as a volunteer. We live in an ordinary house in an ordinary neighborhood, and we drive ordinary cars. We rarely go out unless it's a special occasion. We budget. We watch. We spend. Uh, we watch what we spend like every other family. And here's the kicker. Most business owners are just like me. All right, and you've personalized it, uh, as I get it, because uh, too often the argument sort of revolves around big corporations like Walmart and Tim Hortons can afford to pay their people more. Uh, but the bulk of these uh, small businesses that you represent uh, with your right. Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Ontario, uh, we're in uh, a hard place to try to reconcile things with Bill 148. It was easy enough for the government by fiat or decree to decide, hey, uh, we're going to do something for labor in this province and hope to recruit their votes. But you, so what you're saying here in a nutshell, you're not anti-labor, your people are not anti-labor, you're not against the working class, it's just the reality that uh, you have to keep a business viable, 
Right. And there are some things that are unmanageable, as you call it. Absolutely. And, and 92% of manufacturers in Canada are 100 people in le- uh, or less. So, so that's the representation. And too, too often people think of the large corporations instead of the family-run businesses. And the family-run businesses end up paying for everything. During the cap-and-trade, um, when cap-and-trade uh, was in play in Ontario, large corporations um, got credits. We, didn't, we couldn't participate in cap-and-trade because we were too small, and we just had to pay, like, like everybody else, mm-hmm. had to pay for in, in, an increased um, gas for our deliveries, increased um, uh, fuel to run our plants, and, and that is the message that people miss. So, so we absolutely supported the government and their amendments, um, to this bill because it's it it does um, it's the small thing that helps us keep going. All right, uh, we'll let you go on that note, Jocelyn. I appreciate the update and why you uh, support the uh, rescinding of this legislation. Not everybody feels that way. Needless to say, we'll represent the other side of the equation here at some point in the program. But I appreciate you joining us as always. Thanks so much, and I'd be interested to see what the what the unions have to say about waiving their fees for their part-time um, employees. Well, amongst <laughs> others, I'll ask Dave Sparrow and uh, even Buzz Hargrove in hour three. So uh, stand by and uh, give a listen. Thank you, Jocelyn Bye. Bamford, again with the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers and Businesses of Ontario.